0: Welcome to Straight White American Jesus. My name is Brad Onishi. I uh, am here with my co-host today.
1: I am Dan Miller, Associate Professor of Religion and Social Thought at Landmark College. Uh, It's good to see you, Brad. I feel like we've... It's a little weird. It's been like 95 degrees here and it's like 65 today. How is it in sunny California where you are?
0: yeah, we actually did not get the heat wave that has been terrorizing the, uh, the West Coast and Canada, so uh, we, we've we been lucky. We've been in the 80s, or, uh, and uh, others have been in the 100s and the 120s, so it's it's been tough. Uh, fire season is starting, so there are fires out here now, and so uh, everybody's just bracing for a very difficult summer. But it is, Dan, 4th of July weekend, and uh, we need to talk about it. Last year on 4th of July weekend, we talked about Frederick Douglass and what to the slave is 4th of July. I wanted today to to open with some words from James Baldwin, and uh, they fit in with some events that have happened this week and and some things we'll get to. So here's what Baldwin says. Uh, These are from various sources in Baldwin. So Baldwin says in 1959, any honest examination of the national life proves how far we are from the standard of human freedom with which we began. He said a couple years later, 1962, societies never know it, but the war of an artist with his society is a lover's war. And he does at his best what lovers do, which is to reveal the beloved to himself. And with that revelation, make freedom real. It is precisely because I love America more than any other country in the world. And exactly for this reason, I insist on the right to criticize her perpetually. Uh, I I wanted to bring this up, Dan. We've had Gwen Berry this week. I know I've been tweeting and writing about Gwen Berry. You'll you'll probably talk about uh, what you saw in her protest and the reactions to it. But last week we did some close readings of text. I wanted to do that just to, to start today. Baldwin says the war of an artist with the society is a lover's war. And then he talks about the right to criticize America perpetually because he loves America more than any other country. That's how I feel. Uh, I feel like this is the country of my birth. This is my homeland, and my criticism of the United States is not a reflection of my hatred of the United States. It's my, uh, it's a reflection of my desire for the United States to live up to its potential, to be what it could be, uh, to uh, live out the principles that it has set forth as its guiding lights. And so, there's always this reaction if i tweet about this inevitably someone's going to tweet for me to leave the country get the hell out of here all that and i just love baldwin's words here because he says it's precisely because i love you so much that i want you to be the best you can be and i you know he likens this to a lover and and how you know we all want those we love to be the best they can be to reach their potential and sometimes that means we have to be the people in our family's lives and our loved ones lives who tell them the hard truths because no one else can and no one else will and i i feel like that's part of what we do on this show or at least we try to and i i really do love baldwin's words here on fourth of july weekend what do you think
1: i think it i I agree with everything you just said i agree with everything baldwin said no offense he says it even better than bradley onishi uh which is why he's james baldwin um but it's a theme that we've we've picked up on before right um And I think it's built in. And and one of the things I'm drawn to, you talk about close readings. I'm not going to take us to the Declaration of Independence, but there are certain like almost sacred words, I think, for Americans, words like freedom, words like rights, words like liberty, words like for many equality. Um, And I think for good reason. Right. And I think the trick is that those words appear in places like the Declaration of Independence and they appear in places like, you know, the Constitution and famous orators and others, and what protesters like, well, figures like Baldwin, if you want to call him a protester, or somebody like Gwen Berry in the last week, what they're picking up on is the promise in those words and the gap between what those words can mean and what they can signify and what they can symbolize and what they have actually been, right? And, and one of the complications is that oftentimes, you know, the, the same framers that we revere, the same thinkers that we revere who use those words, they didn't. Harbor those things. If people study uh, some of these things, it's it's really it's it's can be disheartening to find out that like John Locke, when he talked about liberty and equality and these kinds of things, he didn't he didn't have people who weren't white in mind when he talked about those things. Immanuel Kant, who's somebody that you're familiar with and I'm familiar with, he's not a name that like most regular people read, but he was another one of those thinkers whose thought uh on on humanism and what it is to be human and human dignity and human rights is really really central to that whole tradition that comes out of he was a pretty horrific racist when it came to his conception of like who the you know really counts as a human as, as a person um you know so you get these kind of things we taught we've talked a lot about the founders and slavery and you know in the history of the u.s and and african americans and native americans and women and others not being accorded that full status so you've always had this gap. And and so I'm with you that the the critique is not because you hate the country. It's because the country isn't what it could be, right? And the reason that I don't go out and protest against, you know, directly like wh- what's going on in like, say, Belarus or someplace like that is, very frankly, it's not my country. It's not the place that holds that promise to me. And I know for lots of Belarusians, it is. And so they protest, right? It's, a, it's that same kind of idea. And, you know, you mentioned Gwen Berry. And the the point I just wanted to make is that, you know, after the backlash that she received to her protest, she said, you know, I never said I hated the country. Right. And she she makes essentially the same point that so many people do, that she is protesting because it is not uh, for her people, as she said, for, for African-Americans in particular, it is not what it has promised it would be or what those words sound like they mean liberty and equality and freedom and rights. And so uh, I'm with you. And I think that that's why for a lot of us, I think the 4th of July is a really kind of conflicted sort of emotional space that we occupy, because oftentimes I think the other thing that happens is you get and this is the way that the logic of the right works and people need to be aware of this. Well, of course, we have all those words, freedom and liberty and equality, and they've been there since the 18th century. So we must be a free, equal society. That's how it was. It's been 250 years. Of course, we're a free and equal society, right? And so, every time we come into the Fourth of July, and I go to a fireworks display, and I'm I'm there, and I'm I, I'm really torn by so many kinds of emotions of like, yeah, the patriotism and pride, but also discouragement and, frankly, shame at like what the his you know what what some of the history of our country is, and and sometimes what those. Frankly, militaristic demonstrations might mean and, and all that kind of stuff. So I think it's it's worth remembering that and and I feel like we everybody, I'm a big we there, we just have to learn to live in that ambiguous space and to try to keep pressing forward um, and and never be satisfied that that we have fully plumbed the depths of words like liberty and equality and freedom.
0: Thanks for listening to this free preview of our Swag episode. In order to get access to the full episode and so much more.